hello. You're listening to the Blue Rise Examiner podcast. I am your host, Mark Block. I have always been concerned about preventable diseases and how they affect us in the long-term health. Diseases such as obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, Alzheimer's disease. And it's come to my attention that oral health has equal impact on these diseases as nutrition. But then I realized that both are kind of interchangeable. They have a, an inter, interrelation. And I had always wondered which comes first. Does oral health affect your nutrition or does nutrition affect your oral health? To help me with this conundrum of mine, I reached out to Dr. Peter Jacobson, a very dear friend of mine. Peter's a PhD in pharmacology and toxicology. He's a dentist. He's a diplomat for the American Board of Oral Medicine. He directed the Oral Medicine Clinic at the Arthur Dugan School of Dentistry in San Francisco for 25 years. Peter helped clarify this subject for me. I'd like to share that conversation with you. So without further ado, here is my talk with Dr. Peter Jacobson. Dr. Peter, it's so good to have you here with me today. Hey, Mark, it's great to be here, actually, a delight. You know, I was, I was thinking, before we get started, it was about 37 years ago when you and I were talking about oral health issues back at the Dolphin Club. Remember that? We were yeah, that's uh, when we first met, actually, way back in the day, as way, it were. Way, way back in the day. Um, the Dolphin Club being a swimming club, actually, so it was... Right, it was, I, but I do think I was so cold, I was hanging out in the sauna with you, chattering, kind of grinding my teeth. I think that's how this whole issue started for me. I think my teeth got ground down so bad that I I was always worried about it. But but that, that was San Francisco Bay. That water was cold, that's for sure. That was cold. But that was thirty seven years ago. And Peter, do you think things have changed in the whole industry and this whole oral health um, issue has changed in, in thirty five years? Actually, it's changed a lot. I think that several things have changed. The industry, well, so the industry we always, you know, essentially it's a health thing, so we don't quite call it an industry. But the profession of oral health has changed, and the fact that the products have been much more effective. Uh, but I think what's changed the most is people's awareness of their oral health and the importance of oral health, um, especially if they can afford oral health, which is another whole topic. Well, you talk about oral health first. What is oral health? Can you define that for me real quick? What, what actually is oral health? There's a variety of definitions of oral health. Actually, the World Health Organization has definitions. And you and I would think it's got to do with your teeth are functioning fine. And that's true. Um, but at the same time, oral health has to do with you're able to get adequate nutrition. You're able to interact with others uh, and so essentially have a pleasant smile. Now, for you and I, a pleasant smile is some beautiful white teeth. In many countries where that's not an option, a pleasant smile is just fun, just just the excitement of being there. Uh, they're not judged by their teeth because they're not going to have all their teeth as they get older. Uh, but there's, so there's a variety of definitions. Each one of us have our own. But I think in general, oral health means we're comfortable, we can eat well, we can interact with others. Now, if it, so as you say, it has a lot to do with nutrition or because I asked that question, is it, is Oral health affect nutrition or does nutrition affect oral health? Because you mentioned smile and health nutrition. Does one affect the other? Is there an interrelation between oral health and nutrition? Uh, it, yes, of course. It's the kind of thing, and it was a chicken and egg sort of thing analogy. It's not quite that way. But I think that oral health impacts nutrition because if you can't chew up your food, 
then you've got to eat more and more soft food. And literally, some people don't have enough teeth to chew up their food or it's so uncomfortable because they're hurting. Uh, it's interesting, though, if you say, well, I got all my molars. Actually, you don't need your molars. All you need, you should keep your molars, by the way. Don't let them go. But at the same time, <laughs> if you said, what's nutrition about? If you've got your bicuspids forward, then you can get adequate nutrition. When you start losing molars plus your bicuspids and your front teeth, that's when your nutrition starts to suffer. Okay. But the other reverse thing, of course, is nutrition having to do with hurting your mouth. In other words, what you eat certainly impacts your mouth in a good way and a bad way. Is there is there something uh, well on the nutrition side? You've mentioned to me in the past that oral health has a big impact on preventable diseases, diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, obesity. I've heard Alzheimer's. Um, and what you're telling me is just chewing oral health. I guess my question is, how does it affect your long-term health, these preventable diseases, oral health? If it's nutrition, and you're saying nutrition is just chewing food and using your teeth, and does it affect your long-term health, this whole oral health issue? Does it also affect preventable diseases? I think what affects preventable diseases the most for you and I has to do with the exercise, which you're an expert at, of course, but also one's nutrition. And so those nutrition choices start out very young with the options you get and you build throughout a lifetime. Now, if you're specifically looking at nutrition relative to oral health, then yes, I can destroy my oral health very easily by my nutrition choices. For instance, if I eat a lot of sugar, which everybody knows, it's going to decay my teeth. What they don't realize also, if I eat a lot of acid, let's say a soda pop, which has got the sugar, plus the carbonic acid, which gives it the bubbles, then I'm essentially dissolving my teeth while at the same time I'm feeding the bacteria. Mm-hmm. And so those kind of choices make a lot of difference. But aren't, in a way, you mentioned sugar and acid as being very critical because you mentioned sugar and acid, are those? That's the demolition derby duo, yes. Uh-huh. But you realize that the sugar and soda industry is over a hundred billion dollar industry. And can we do anything about that? Are we eating so much sugar? <laughs> I sent you a link to an article. The BBC had a link. There's a company up in Canada looking for a chief candy officer. Uh-huh. And this officer is supposed to test 3,500 different candies a month. There's a lot of money behind sugar and acid. Can we fight this? Is it something that we can do anything about? Are we like down going to this Mobius strip with sugar and acid that we can't get out of? There's always something we can do about it, essentially. But at the same time, the forces of advertising and our own, you know, you and I, well, I don't know about you, but... I love sugar, especially depending on the way it's served, especially uh-huh. with chocolate, for example. Uh, but at the same time, it's keeping my teeth clean after doing that. But the industry you describe, of course, capitalizes on our intentions, our sort of uh, the diet choices. It also leads those diet choices. 
but of course, there's other places where they've outlawed uh, fructose kind of drinks. And so legally, they can start to shift uh, what the industry is doing. Uh, if you believe that the government needs to be modifying what you eat and drink, uh, because we don't have the common sense to do it ourselves. Well, is the industry, the industry is not going to change our sweet tooth. As a matter of fact, their goal is to make sure our sweet tooth is satisfied. Isn't that true? I'm yes, actually, I think their goal is to encourage us to acquiesce, to give in to our sweet tooth, and therefore they produce the product will right. solve that or, you know, the, solve that acquisition or acquisition, yeah, acquiescence. If that's the word. I don't know if it's a word or not. <laughs> well, especially since they've now oversized everything, oversized or everything we use oversized, especially Cokes, which is acid. Right. Right. And sugar. So Coke. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't tend to pick out Coca-Cola because it's the easiest, first, largest thing in our own mind. But Mountain Dew, everything has got the sugar and the acid in it. Any carbonated beverage does. Right. Uh, and actually, we're talking about sugars and acid. And it sounds like, oh, I avoid those. I don't eat those. Do you eat raisins? Uh, do you eat dried apricots? That's sugar and that sticks to your teeth and it's hard to get it off and it's going to last all night if you're snacking on those at the end of the uh, meal. Uh, so there's a lot of other sources of sugar that are natural uh, that people use, which also dissolves their teeth. So raisins, dried fruit, we're all going to eat raisins, right? Uh, it's, it's like natural. Is there something they should do after they eat a raisin, after they eat dry food? I mean, people aren't going to walk around with dental floss all day long and after they eat a raisin, keep flossing their teeth. Can they rinse? Can they do something else? <laughs> I don't know why they're not doing that. No, I understand. Yes, they're not going to be doing that. But, um, the, I, you know, it's, it's as you open Pandora's box of nutrition and oral health, uh, we start to dig down deeper into it. You're starting to find, of course, as you already know, that find out that there's lots of other things that we involve ourselves with by getting eating these products. How can we solve the problem? Solving the problem, of course, means good oral hygiene, keeping your teeth clean. Uh, and does that mean walking around flossing? No, not necessarily. But at the same time, it definitely means that after you've done your snack of raisins, uh, then at some point in time, at the end of that snack, you need to get your glass of water and you need to go and get it all cleaned out in your mouth. I think I'm going to do that. Let me try. Yeah, yes. That was good. See, that was an oral health mood right this in. There you go. Well, that was, I'm going to try that. I mean, it's, a, it's a simple maneuver. But it's just a, it's that <laughs> mindfulness, keeping in mind that that's what you need to do, uh -huh. being aware that that's not great for your teeth. Well, well, you know, I got to try that one more time. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very proactive thing to do. But we're talking about, which is what I asked you about, we're talking about treating the symptom. Yeah. If you want to treat the action or, or, or work towards a cure. You treat the symptom or you do a cure, right? One or the other. We're always, modern medicine is all about treating the symptom. You have a heart attack, you put them on medication. You know, you have diabetes, you work to lower their blood sugar. What can you do about this issue of raisins and sugar and acid as a proactive measure? We're not going to stop eating, drinking sodas. I don't drink sodas. I'm not a big soda guy. But I do eat raisins. I'm a big raisin guy. Uh -huh. um, 
what can we do proactively? Do we stop? Do we, you know, do we change our whole diets? Do we go after big business, which we're not? We have a terrible big business issue here that's fighting us all the time. So what can we do? Just go live in a closet somewhere and all, all live on a farm like you do and, and have great food around us? What, what do you think? I don't, I don't know. Actually, I don't, yeah, I don't, it, well, first of all, I don't have the big business issue as much, but I realize that they do lead us, that they are, you know, and that's, they're, they're rewarded by us consuming their products and not all the products are good for us. But I think it becomes individual responsibility and increased awareness. I mean, just people listening to you and your presentation or going to your Blue Riser website and understanding how proactively we can impact our health. Uh, and then in the oral cavity area, it's just like, you know, being aware. <laughs> if I may, let me tell you, it's like what a person can do is like be aware that oral health is important. And if somebody wants to know if they've got good oral health, they can do a variety of things. They can smile in a mirror. If their teeth look great, that's great. If their gums are red around their teeth, that's not great. They need to brush their teeth. Actually, I always tell patients, I don't care if you brush your teeth ever again, as long as you brush your gums. Because it turns out that where the teeth meet the gums is the most important part. And many people are there brushing their teeth and they never touch the gums. Drives me nuts. But essentially, if you know you feel your toothbrush touching your gums at the same time it's touching your teeth, then you're getting the crucial point at which um, most oral health problems occur. Uh, periodontology as well as, um, you know, caries or dental decay. Okay, dental decay. Uh, if you want to get deeper than that, if you want to do a good self-analysis relative to uh, have you got an oral cavity problem? It's simple. Get some floss. I know, first time you may have ever touched floss. <laughs> Get some floss and floss a quarter of your mouth. Run it between your teeth. Do it floss a quarter of your mouth. Go to here. Look at the floss. Is there blood on the floss? you got a problem. Um, spit. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that was a demo for spitting. Spit into the sink. Is there blood in there? You've got a problem. It's time to see the dentist or the hygienist. Uh, if you don't, you're good. Uh, and so it's a quick, easy test. Uh, you go through the rest of your mouth. Um, but at the same time, if you pass that test, you're good to go. If you don't pass that test, then you've got to need to see the professional, but you also need to, well, brush your teeth better. Oh, excuse me, brush your gums better. Well, first, let me ask you a question. Um, maybe the test should be they should do half the mouth for six months and don't do the other half for six months and see the difference. And they're really going to know when this half falls out and this half doesn't, they'll, 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 they'll know. But I have one other question for you. It's, we, we're not here to really talk about actual dental hygiene on how to floss your teeth or, but okay. you know, I get started. I get started. But, but you did mention to me, I had a little receding gums mm -hmm. and just so people don't walk away from you saying, oh, if I just lost, brush the heck out of my gums, I'll be okay. Cause that, is that true? Cause didn't you tell me that if you brush too hard, you can do damage to your gums? Just, I just want to clarify that. So, yes. in other words, you can, if you get too enthusiastic about brushing your gums, uh -huh. that's why I said and refine the brush your gums where your gums meet your teeth is the crucial place. Got it, you got can it. brush your gums away. <laughs> um, 
I say that happens about one out of a thousand people because most people don't put the toothbrush in their mouth at all, much less brush their gums that often. Uh, but yes, you can do what's called abusive brushing. Abusive brushing. Um, but at the same time, if you do mindful brushing, uh, then you should be able to. And you don't have to overbrush. If you're not getting enough floss and the blood on the floss, you're good. <laughs> I think I was doing some abuse. <laughs> Abuse of brushing, because I couldn't figure out why. I've got a couple of teeth down here. I've got a little, little you know, issue with the gum. And I was beating the heck out of them for a very, very long time. I had an electric toothbrush. Uh-huh. I was just grinding the heck out of my gums, and they were just not very happy. And, and as you told me, it never grows back. So we're we're stuck with what we got right after that one. Um, you know, we're talking about preventive in a way and flossing. If, and I, I asked the question proactively if we look for a treat the cure, can vitamins, you know, you got, I, I've, I've read that um, vitamin B, calcium, there are certain vitamins that help. I'm asking the question, you know, as an insurance policy, can vitamins help deficiencies? Because we've talked about sugar and acid, we've also talked about nutrition in general. Is. Yeah, I think that uh, it's an interesting question. Actually, vitamin B, for example, vitamin B6 can help a person that has a vitamin B6 deficiency. <laughs> vitamin C could help. Thank, you. thank you for that one. Uh, but also people that's, that's been said about Americans, we have the most vitamin-rich urine on the planet uh-huh. because we take a lot more vitamins than we need. And so unless you've got a deficiency, then you really don't need vitamins. There's very few, I mean, but essentially back to the vitamin C, there are people with vitamin C deficiencies. It's called scurvy. Uh, and that's the reason that sailors on the sea during the 1800s, 1700s would lose their teeth because there was no fresh fruit on there. There was no vitamin C. They get scurvy. And one of the signs of scurvy is your teeth start to fall out. So if you've got scurvy, yes, vitamin C is crucial. Most of us don't have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, vitamins are not a solution, uh, though there are some dentally oriented vitamins. And if you've got a dental problem, it's certainly not going to hurt to try the vitamins. Although vitamin C is probably not the great one to do it because vitamin C is an acid. It's ascorbic acid. Uh, and I've seen people that chew vitamin C. In other words, it's chewable vitamin C down. They're chewing it up. What they're doing is they're packing the vitamin C every bite down into the grooves of their teeth, mm-hmm. and the acid is dissolving their teeth. So don't do chewable vitamin C. Don't do chewable. All right. Um, let's go back to the sugar and acid issue again for a minute, if you don't mind. Um, when you know you can get a type of sugar, raisins, or you can get an amount, a whole cup of raisins, or you can get the frequency of how how often. Is there a correlation, you know, if you eat a little bit all the time, if you eat um, processed sugar versus raisins, a piece of cake, a piece of candy versus raisins. Maybe we could talk first about raisins versus chewable candy, like that chief candy officer up in Canada is going to be chewing candy all day long. Is it better to eat a raisin than a piece of candy? 
is this guy's teeth going to fall out because he's eating candy versus if he was teaching, if he was chewing raisins all day well. Hmm, I think I'll try raisins or apricots today. Raisins 1,000 ways. I've just... You know. No, actually, it was interesting. You remember that in that article, it also noted that it, no, not only the pay, which seemed to be pretty good pay, but they said that you have an exceptionally good dental policy uh, that they pay for as well. <laughs> I didn't uh, so did, did see that part realized. of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I, was there. I, just, um, <laughs> the, I think that you have to... <laughs> People have to understand because the under, better understanding of what dental decay is about is there's two things that are required. Dental decay is an infectious disease. Literally, the organisms that are in there are selected to live in a mouth. And if you've got decay in your mouth, you've got those organisms. And that's why your dentist and hygienist get so enthusiastic. If you've got decay, they get much more aggressive relative to stopping that decay and cleaning up your mouth. Now, those organisms that live in your mouth that are the ones that cause decay have two things that they love. One is sugar uh, and the other is acid. They live to be they love to be in an acidic environment. Uh, and so the and so those two things you have to be mindful about. But you brought up another topic you also have to be mindful about, and that is frequency of dosing or feeding those bacteria. If you're a grazer and you're snacking all day on a raisin or two, like you said, oh, it's only one raisin, that can't be a problem. Uh, for one raisin chewing in there, you're, you've just filled up the bin with sugar for these bacteria because they don't need a lot of raisins. <laughs> you're the only one that needs the raisins. They don't need the raisins. They're going to eat little tiny bits of raisins, plenty for them. So if you're going to eat sugary sort of things or raisin sort of things, you definitely need to eat infrequently, let's say three times a day and rinse your mouth afterwards. Now, as far as that candy guy is concerned, he needs to add a little bit of baking soda to that bit of water that he's rinsing his mouth with or anybody that's got an acidic mouth or a lot of decay. Because if they put a little bit of baking soda, which is very basic, the opposite of acid, and rinse around, then you're counterbalancing. You're making a very unfriendly environment for those karyogenic, uh, decay-causing bacteria. Mm -hmm. Baking soda. Well, I should think about that, Peter, because I eat a lot of raisins. Now, my teeth haven't fallen out yet. <laughs> and okay. I, I, have, I get them checked pretty regularly, so I think I'm – but I do tend to drink a lot of coffee, so I eat the raisins – and I am drinking more coffee than I would like. And that's very acidic, right? That is acidic. It's not very acidic, but it's acidic. It's not, acidic. Compared to a, a soda pop, it's not hardly acidic at all, but it's acidic. So is coffee, you know, there's so much press out there today about how good coffee can be for you. Yep. Um, no one ever says anything about your teeth and is it good for your teeth or bad for your teeth. And we're all coffee drinkers. Right. And I'm not going to stop drinking coffee. I, I kind of... Drink a lot of coffee. I, I probably drink a half a pot of coffee a day right now, I think, just because I'm at my desk and working and I'm not going to stop. So should I be rinsing my mouth with coffee after the raisins? <laughs> it's better than rinsing. Yeah, it's, it's better not rinsing at all, right? <laughs> no, in reality, it's actually rinsing, getting that sugar out of the, the bits of raisin mouth between your teeth is the most important thing. If you said, could I use it with, uh, uh, you know, Perrier water, for example, because that's just carbonic acid without the sugar, right. um, that wouldn't be quite as good. Uh, but at the same time, getting that sugar out of there as best you can. And then the normal salivary flow, which by the way, is, is basic and filled with buffers and all kinds of other compounds that take good care of your teeth. Hmm. Well, if you're 
eating lots of raisins and rinsing out with coffee and your mouth is really good and your teeth aren't falling out yet, yeah. are there any signs like bad breath? Is bad breath an indicator of maybe that's a bad example? Is bad breath an indicator that you might have an oral health issue or is that maybe just a diet issue? Or are there other things that you can watch for to indicate you're having a problem? Before a tooth falls out, before you have any decays, you know, I bring bad breath up. I mean, your eyes go crossed, you, know, you get cross-eyed, you, you know, as your tongue starts to waggle. Uh, does anything happen or not really? Can you? Yeah, actually, let me divert just slightly. It is, it bad, bad breath is complicated. Okay. What it is is that you and I think, oh, bad breath. We ate uh, garlic and we got a bad breath or we, uh, or we didn't brush our teeth and we have bad breath. And yeah. To a degree, you get that's true. If somebody has a chronic bad breath, bad breath problem, they need to make sure that they don't have another kind of health problem. Diabetes will get a sweet sort of smelling bad breath. Uh, kidney problems will get a urine smelling bad breath. Uh, liver problems will give you, in other words, the oral cavity is a window on the body. And so there's lots of things you can see through there. If somebody says, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to know this bad breath a cause is my teeth going to fall out because of my bad breath. Uh, the a simpler way of figuring it out is going back to that flossing test and see if it's bleeding. Anything that's going to go bad with your teeth, you're going to get blood on that floss. And so you've been forewarned. You may have been forewarned for the last five, seven years, but uh, it's, uh, and that means your periodontal problems are progressing. So the simplest, quickest test is that. But if you have got bad breath, then you need to rule out systemic problems, especially if it's getting worse and your your loved one is going, you know, this is you really it's a, this is bad. I mean, you brushed your teeth, you said you did, but it's still there. <laughs> then you've got to see your physician to rule out uh, any other kind of health problems. And, and this might go back to your original chicken or egg issue because if you're having some internal problem, it could be from your diet. I mean, a topic of another discussion is the Western diet and how it causes a lot of these preventable diseases. And if oral health is also another indicator that you've got a diet problem, it, it could, it's complicated, I think, from oral it's health. Complicated. Yeah, no, oral health is, but uh, the diet problem and the responsibility for what it is, is we all have our health. Actually, I always like to say we get what we get by way of genes. And actually, some people say that all all diseases, human diseases, are genetically linked except accidents. And some people think that accidents may be. You've met accident-prone people. Uh, and so, but at the same time, we get what we get by way of genes. And now we can only mess them up. And so that's where diet choices come in. If you want to make a mess of yourself, then you make the wrong diet choices. And if you find that uh, you're not feeling well and you're not healthy, then diet's a, a crucial component of that. And you need some professional perspective and help to solve that diet issue. And, you know, that diet issue starts very young. Is, I guess the question I'm trying to get to is, um, is, is this an age-related issue? You know, when we're young, our teeth are perfect. They're bombarded by everything that we eat. They get bad. When we get older, is it as big an issue? Is it, can age affect this whole oral health issue? How does age affect it? Obviously, yeah. young and 
Right. You mentioned actually there's a, a little bit of an editorial or correction when, you know, and, and many people that might be listening have dealt with it essentially. When you say when we're young, our teeth are perfect. Actually, yeah. there's called a baby bottle carries. In other words, it, the child goes to bed drinking apple juice in their baby bottle instead of milk, but they like the sweetness of that. And apple juice, of course, is sweet and acidic. And so essentially by the time they're four years old, three years old, they don't have any teeth. Uh, and so there's just sort of intelligent choices to be made. And obviously the mothers need to, and fathers need to listen to nutritionists and avoid that kind of error. But also then, Teenagers making wrong choices relative to raisins. No, nothing personal about the raisins, but uh, raisins as well as uh, too many soda pops, et cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, there's and also there's variety of drugs that people will take. I mean, amphetamines are classic for absolutely destroying uh, oral cavities and teeth. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see a lot of drug addicts with just very bad teeth because they've destroyed them with the acids and not taking care of themselves. But for you and I, I like to think the average person or a slightly above whatever, uh, the, uh, the average person, uh, we get our teeth, we go to the dentist, uh, we take care of them, we can afford to do that. And But as we get older, things add up. In other words, as I mentioned to you when you brought it up before, our gums don't improve. You're going to say, well, I have got bad periodontal problems, but I'm going to brush my teeth and floss my teeth and I'll, they'll grow back. No, they won't. They'll stop deteriorating. Uh, and that's good. But at the same time, they're not going to return to normal. Uh, your teeth aren't going to grow back, no matter what vitamins you take, stuff like that, all the calcium you ever wanted to take. That would make any difference. So, yes, every little flaw accumulates over time. So the older we get, the more problematic our teeth can become. But actually, interestingly enough, every flaw accumulates over time. How uh, if we don't take good care of ourselves, we're not actually getting adequate exercise for a ten-year period, mm-hmm. and then we decide to exercise. Um, it's hard to catch back up. But it's once again, you know, but it's hard to catch up. Well, you've yeah. you've actually changed my. Um, I'm really bummed, Peter. I am going to have to stop eating so many raisins. It makes me. That's going to be very hard for me. Um, but. Here's one more little question for you. As a dentist, how much education do you do with, you know, we all have to go see a dentist. It's important. Do I get help in this being proactive? Do you do much? Do, do dentists, I love dentists, you know, have I ever walked out of a dental office and they say, Mark, by the way, you've got to stop being this, you got to do this, you got to eat less raisins, you got to, you know, take care of, is that a something that I could even bring up today, Peter. Yeah, you can actually what it is, you see the flat spot on my head? <laughs> yeah. That's from hitting it against the wall, trying to convince people to do something different. So, right? so, so. Actually, it's uh the I always love the other concept that the 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 teacher will come when the pupil is ready, essentially. 21. Because uh, otherwise people if they're not ready to listen to it or have a concern, then they're not going to hear anything you say. I mean, many people that go to the dentist and go, okay, I'm going to the dentist. I'm going to have to pay some money. It's going to be uncomfortable. And I have to sit there and politely listen for five minutes while they tell me about brushing my teeth. So I'll just do it. I mean, it's like that's part of paying the price of going to the dentist. Right. Sorry. Uh, but they don't take it in. They just go, yes. Oh, yeah, I, I do that. Um, and so, yeah, but it's um, we all have to make that decision. And then resources are available for us to learn about how to take care of our teeth. Got it. But I think first is... Feel it, understanding that you have a need and gums bleeding 
is not normal. It's not just because most people have gums bleeding. It doesn't mean it's normal. It's not healthy. Right. Right. Well, is there anything um, we could give our listeners on actual things to do to fight just stick with sugar and acid for a minute since it seems to me those are the two key things, the key nutrients that really do affect our teeth. And I asked you earlier, well, how can we proactive? Is there something we could just tell our listeners to say, okay, here's something you can do today? Yes, as far as I'm concerned, you, you can brush your teeth today. Okay, we talked about brushing your <laughs> teeth. Yeah, no, 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 that's actually... Whether you I need think, it or not, huh? I don't want to necessarily join each individual uh, listener in their bathroom this afternoon or this evening. But essentially, this evening is the opportunity to do that little floss test. Uh, and also, this evening is the opportunity to brush your gums and not your teeth. But also, essentially, I want you... I got it. This is what I'd like them to do. This is simple. What I want you to do, please, as a listener, or, or you too, I'll, but I'll, I'll do it. Uh, there you go. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, essentially, I want you to go into the bathroom, put this toothpaste on your uh, brush, uh, start brushing your teeth, look in the mirror, close your eyes. And all of a sudden, you're going to see things you've never felt before. Because what's up is that you and I are brushing our teeth, and our brain is everywhere, and our eyes are everywhere. And we're like totally not brushing our teeth. We're doing a lot of other things and getting this out of the way. If you close your eyes and are brushing your teeth, all of a sudden you feel stuff. You go, I don't remember. I don't remember brushing back there. I don't think I've ever brushed back there before. Uh, and make sure the bristles are squiggling between your teeth because between wow. your teeth is the hot spot, problematic spot. Got it. Got it. Uh, it won't take long to really learn how to brush your teeth that way. Well, let's let me ask you one last question about nutrition. Then, how about? before they go to sleep, you know, or, or wake up in the morning or, you know, I get up in the morning and I, I don't tend to put sugar in my coffee, so I'm not worried about that. But I know people that drink coffee late at night. They can drink all the coffee. I, I have friends, if I drink coffee past four o'clock in the afternoon, I don't go to sleep. But I have people I know that'll drink a cup of coffee before they go to sleep or they'll eat dessert late at night. They'll eat, so they're always eating sugar, always something acidic. I guess the answer to that is obvious maybe. Yeah, they can't do it or they've got to rinse afterwards and a little bit of baking soda. When I say baking soda, you don't have to taste it. Baking soda doesn't taste that good. But essentially just a, 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 a quarter of a, a tenth of a teaspoon of baking soda. So you can just barely notice that you feel it. But that's very – and just rinse with that. I mean, that will make a, an enormous difference. Not only does it physically rinse out the stuff, but it establishes a more basic environment. Got it, got it. Okay, well, you know, Peter, then what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask our listeners to send me any questions they have about their oral health. If there's a, a pain, if just something it may might trigger some more questions for me, and I'll just pass them by you about oral health and problems. Yeah, that, yeah I'd love to. Yeah, definitely. Let me participate with you in that process because I think that it's, it'll be interesting for me to understand questions and also I believe I can respond to that. And my, my focus is more nutrition because I'm more on the Blue Rise side, more health and nutrition and fitness. And you're a dentist, of course. So I have to, I, I suspect more, the, what I'll be more interested in is the nutrition side. And how we can really modify what we're eating and be healthy and eat for a long, healthy, happy life and keep right. our teeth for as long as we can. 
Yeah. Well, that's it'll it'll yes, keeping your teeth as long as you can will lead to a long, healthy, and happy life because it all gets correlated through uh-huh. nutrition and, right. and good oral self care. Good oral self care, and since they're they're both good oral self, you know, oral self care is also self care, and so taking care of yourself leads to that long, healthy, and happy life. Right. And our object is to really do away with preventable diseases like cardiovascular disease, as we talked about diabetes. And um, so hopefully good oral health will turn our life, down to all, turn our life totally around. There you go. It's possible. Yes, it's, it's the beginning. It can be the beginning. <laughs> it's the beginning. So. All right, Peter, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for some of those questions to come from our listeners. I'll send them over your way. And then maybe we'll pick this up again when I have more to talk about and more questions to ask you. That'd be, I'd love that. All right. Jose, yeah, no, and thanks for the conversation today. You always ask such curious and interesting <laughs> questions. Well, yeah. they're getting better, Peter. They're getting, they're getting better. <laughs> no, that's fascinating. All right, Dr. Peter. It's okay. great. And we'll talk again soon. Okay, looking forward to it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay.